You know, Alana, some friends get together and they just drink. What? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> they like drink and they talk and then they leave. Like they don't make podcasts together. <laughs> do they make a Google Doc at least? Do they make an artisanal beverage to commemorate their activity? No. Oh, I guess that would be faster. <laughs> We just spent at least an hour just like sitting next to each other and separately <laughs> reading an entire book before we could <laughs> hang out. This is like the epic of nerd. Like we've taken something that wasn't nerdy at all and we re-nerdified it yeah. basically. We'll make like an agenda and we'll only get together <laughs> once a month and we'll read like trashy romance novels but from a more theoretical perspective. <laughs> Deanna Lana's podcast. Wendy and Lana's podcast. Get literary, get Hello and welcome to Getting Lit, Alana and Wendy's totally excellent literary podcast. This is series one, season two. Season two. Opener. Episode one of our vaguely romance novel two-person book club. My name is Alana and I'm one of your hosts today. And I'm Wendy, your other host. Today we're discussing His Precious Cargo by Ava Cuvey. And we're discussing it together in Lafayette, Indiana. Lafayette. (laughs) IRL. IRL. We're sitting right next to each other, guys. We're looking into each other's eyes. <laughs> oh, my in God. A, in a friend oh, way. In a, in a friendly, friend, totally friend zone, friendly way. <laughs> uh, we're here together, guys. If you don't follow our podcast, you know that usually um, Wendy is in Little Rock, Arkansas. We are here as part of our world tour. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys know, but we're on tour right now. Um, as part of our extremely successful book club um, podcast. podcast, we're kind of famous. We're kind of famous in that we're famous <coughs> in Lafayette, Indiana. Yes, basically, in the way that fifty-two people mm-hmm. were there. Individuals. To see our, we had a public appearance. Yep. It was six minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we were the openers, though. Yeah, and we were the openers. you could get on one of our artisanal podcasts, the one for the KFC Kentucky Fried Chicken romance novel, mm-hmm. um, the My Sweet Madeline with the Darjeeling Tea. So you could come and listen to yeah. us talk for six minutes and 45 seconds. And look at the awesome PowerPoint. And look I at the, uh, yeah. And Wendy made a really excellent PowerPoint and excellent um, postcards for people to understand about it. So if this is the first time you're listening to it, Welcome. 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 And it's so we're so glad to have you here. Thank you for seeing our one stop on our world tour. <laughs> yeah. We chose Lafayette, Indiana for obvious reasons because it is the center of the known podcasting world. Yes, basically. yes. Um yes. this is where Abraham Lincoln podcasted from. Uh, you know what I heard that. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun, Fun fact. <laughs> Abraham he Lincoln. He didn't tell a lie. He also had a kick-ass podcast. <laughs> yeah, really excellent. <nice> <laughs> I can see him, like, with the headphones on, like, mm-hmm. hey, guys, this is Abe Lincoln here. <laughs> uh, so thank you to everyone who came out to support us and to support the excellent other three presenters. Uh, we had a great time, and it was a great reason for us to get together and for Wendy to come out and see lovely Lafayette, Indiana. So, so lovely. Yeah, it's been pretty good. We've eaten a lot of food. Mm-hmm. We just got back from... Um, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, but Karamatsu, or the noodle place. Noodle in place. Yeah, uh, in town, the ramen it's place. It's ramen. And that was real good. And we tr- yeah. earlier today, we went to Triple X, mm-hmm. another local That's local not place. a porn shop. Not a porn shop, yet. Yet. <laughs> That's always an option, 
listeners, <laughs> all you aspiring entrepreneurs out there, <laughs> you can always, anything is a porn shop waiting to happen. <laughs> so, Wendy, what are you drinking? I am drinking the same thing you're drinking because we're in the same place. I know. If you guys didn't catch it, the TLDR of this is we're in the same place. So we made <laughs> the artisanal beverage today. And it was a little bit of a, of a work in progress, mm-hmm. and it's based on the idea of Nutriglop. <laughs> yeah. Nutriglop is something that the characters in the main book eat. It's something that's kind of terrible, but we made an artisanal version. We were going for something a lot more sophisticated, and then it <laughs> ended up looking really gloppy. Yeah, so we just turned it into Nutriglop. It's a lovely yogurt-based beverage. Um, it's got one chobani, that's the technical term, for a small yogurt of mango, um, a, a quarter cup milk, eight ice cubes, four shots of rum, one squeeze <laughs> lime, and uh, a cup of grapes. And we blended it all together into a delicious kind of a daiquiri type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's very and we, good. And we shared it also. That's not like, that's not like four shots of rum just for one of us. Yeah, that's two shots each, basically. Yeah. And then we've paired it with some some uh, Winking Owl red wine here. Mm-hmm. And it is delightful. So today, instead of a rant, we're going with frequently asked questions about our podcast. Because uh, mm. people often ask us questions. And we decided to ask our listeners, mm. radio style, <laughs> out there on the radio waves. Um, the so podcast all you, waves. Yeah, all you listeners out there, this one goes out to you. We solicited your questions. And so I think Wendy's going to read the first one and I will answer it and then we will go back and forth. Troubled in Tacoma asks, what got the ball rolling? At what point did y'all move from let's do it to actually doing it? Well, Double T. We really respect your privacy, by the way, here. <laughs> So we gave you all pseudonyms because we basically, we're basically Frasier. That's yeah. pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. We're or you know, I always think of Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. All you people, double recommendations here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like my radio voice today. <laughs> uh, so I think it was really we talked about it on the phone, and as people from the Pacific Northwest were like, "Oh my God, we should do it!" And so we were looking for something to kind of do together. And usually Wendy does like one month challenges so we thought it would be like a one month challenge and it isn't that we did it for we've done it every month for a year actually yeah this is season two so it's we have 12 episodes out there this is the 13th yeah so i I mean i i'll be honest i did not think it would happen (laughs) (laughs) she was like let's do something together and i was like okay what and then she was like let's make a podcast and i was like how is that even like a 30-day challenge? <laughs> and this is probably not going to happen, but I'm not going to say anything because it would be really cool if it did happen. So what you're saying is you've been entirely polite this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't have faith in humanity. Yeah. But now I have faith in you. Aww. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask the next question from Troubled in Tacoma. Do you feel like this will evolve to different genres? Will you change the name? I really like romances. I have a hard time reading things that are not romances. I force myself to every once in a while, but I, I'd like to like 
delve deep into the the endless pool of just like <laughs> so much so much depth and strife and metaphors. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, it's yeah. just romance, but <laughs> well, I think it's also like I think we'd like to read a lot more of the Metacritic stuff, and I think we're going to read like may it branch out like that, like like stuff about romance novels a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think that's sort of like. I mean, I like mysteries and other stuff, but I think it's sort of fun to take apart something that isn't necessarily good yeah. all the time, and that's um something kind of different. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like romance novels are like a strangely feminist thing. Like they're this like weird corner of the world that nobody really pays attention to, but it's like entirely almost entirely written by women read by women i don't know about produced by women because i haven't researched it but and there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff that goes on in romance novels that people don't even know about so i always like to think about that kind of stuff yeah it's like the female gaze you know yeah oh man the female gaze I really get tired of the male gaze. I just, I can't anymore. The next question is from Loving It in Little Rock. And they say, what wine pairings go well with fantasy romance? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) This is the particular question. (laughs) This is the first question you thought in your head. What wine pairing? (laughs) You have to get the right wine pairing or else the total fantasy romance is not quite the same experience. (laughs) I would say we were talking about this before. If it's if it's urban fantasy, like like it has vampires in it, you've got to go the darkest red you can, yeah. right? Like deep merlot, yeah. because probably there's vampires in it, and probably cheap too, so that it like gets your <laughs> lips. Yeah, purple. like it's all. Yeah, you put it all over your and lips. Then you'd be like, I love to suck your love. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I say that every was... time I have purple lips from wine. That was so the count. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too because you can't find a single the count in romance novels. <laughs> uh, Which is a shame, really. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah. I would also say um, that anything sort of frilly, like a like a dessert wine, would also be good because a lot of it is um, it's mostly sugar. Mm-hmm. It's mostly sugar. It's yeah. mostly frivolous. It's me- it's not meant to be the meat, or as our romance mm-hmm. novel focuses on this this month, the steak. Of the situation, <laughs> it's supposed to be sort of extra, right? Yeah, very or like extra. a very light Pinot Gris or like a rosé for those contemporary romances. Mm, yeah, I feel like like the the girl who wants to have it all is definitely a rosé. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So enjoy all of those wines together, mm-hmm. um, depending on your and then chosen if you're genre. Reading Highlanders, straight whiskey, straight. 100% whiskey. Yeah. The entire nice. bottle. Puzzled in Portland asks, Why do you think so many women are turned on by the recurring narrative of an emotionally tormented man who is primal and protective, but also emotionally complex and sensitive and caring and rich? That's an important part. Rich. <laughs> Does that man actually exist? Is he a vampire? If so, give him my number. Wendy? Um, I myself love the recurring narrative of an emotionally tormented man. Mm. And I don't really I don't really know why. I think it's a little bit like interesting to your brain. You're someone who appears to be such an asshole but is actually like warm and fluffy on the inside. It's so like a little puzzle. Yeah. Like a little, you, it's a puzzle with the prize inside. Yeah, it's like a it's prize like, is gooiness. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> like a rubik's cube but like 
for your... A human Rubik's Cube. Like a human Rubik's Cube. That you unlock with your love. With your love. Vagina. And your vagina. (laughs) 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 It's always like, you can also solve problems with sex all the time. Mm. That's helpful. That leads to our next question, actually. What tropes happen in romance novels that you think should never happen in real life? I would say solving things through sex. (laughs) Oh, yeah. None of that is okay. None None of that that is is okay. No, you should use your words. Especially emotional, like sexual abuse and emotional abuse. Yeah. Like that doesn't... Tender loving is not a replacement for therapy. No. 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 Definitely not. PSA. Um, You should not... (laughs) Always expect that your romance novel hero will have a will come and rescue you. Oh yeah, which happens a lot. Like they have unnerving um, understandings of things, and they always pop up. Like I was just yeah. I was thinking about that recently. Like some romance heroes have pop up disease where they just like <laughs> like every time that girl has a problem, they're like, "Hey, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> hey." I just, I was in the grocery store and I saw that you had a problem. So I just came over here. Oh, I was in like a women's only spa and I just saw you had a problem. So I came over here. It's like, why are you always around? Yeah. Also in the real life, if you meet a man with rock hard abs who just wants to take care of you and is wearing like terrible clothes, he is not a prince. (laughs) Not a prince. There's not... It's statistically unlikely that you will, that any person will be secretly a prince. Because if you think about the end of how many people are princes now, and then the amount of people who are secretly princes is much smaller. What a shame. I know. There should be more secret princes. Um, Or dukes. Dukes. That's true. (laughs) Um, Um, I have another one. Yeah. The one thing that I love consistently and always, like, every time I go, yeah, and then I go, oh, I shouldn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> is the possessive hero yeah the, that's like i just want all of you yeah like every time he like a guy looks at her and he's like you're, you're not allowed to look at her i go huh and then i also go this is just a bad relationship <laughs> like that's a red flag that's a red flag <laughs> also never enter a marriage of convenience oh yeah yeah in the totally. real world that is not a good idea in romance novels <laughs> he's probably secretly a prince <laughs> I think to sum up, just generally don't do anything. In <laughs> don't whatever they're doing, <laughs> don't, don't do, do it. it unless you're in a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell when you are in. <laughs> well, I think we're gonna move next to our book, which is His Precious Cargo, which we were reading because it's an Indiana author, and we started. We chose this book because it was an Indiana author, and also. I should probably, I'm going to bring up the description of it real quick, uh, because it's amazing. One illicit lap dance becomes a fight for their lives. A stripper of dreams with dreams of being a princess. An intergalactic thief with with a freighter of stolen cargo. At the outskirts of space and away from the rigid control of Central Command, Granger entices Katie to break her strict no-lap dance policy. The repercussions force her to pack up and hitch a ride off-world in the freighter he has hired. They discover a passion hotter than a supernova, but their plans are shattered by the untimely death of the ship's captain and the duplicity of the co-pilot. The two lovers crash headlongs into the crutches of, of Granger's best friend turned torture happy enemy. When Granger's heritage is revealed... 
Um, Katie relinquishes the pleasure she finds in his arms, believing herself unworthy, and Granger chases after her, determined to convince she is more precious than him than Cargo. <laughs> so, that's full of spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't really... Read, I guess I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> I just stopped at a stripper with the dreams of become, being a princess. Yeah, and then you're like, done. Like, done. I don't... I don't need any more. I think actually originally Wendy sent this to me as a joke, and I'm like, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> so what do you think of the book, Wendy? I loved it. <laughs> it was a just like madcap race through space and time and just like so full of smutty, smutty sex. <laughs> This book is was so dirty, by the way. It's I was so dirty. I, I flew to Denver recently, and I was flying back, and I was trying to read this book. I was in the middle seat. I couldn't read this book on Kindle. I had to switch to a different book because it was so smutty. I did not feel comfortable <laughs> reading it in the middle seat. Like, it is so smutty. Like, every page was just full of explicits. Yeah. All over and it. And it's like, if somebody looked yeah. over your shoulder... They're going to be like, I know what I just said. <laughs> He's like, cock, 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 cock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I liked this book, too. And by liked it, I mean, like, three stars, because we were talking earlier that, like, I mean, it was good for a romance novel. Like, it had pretty good pacing, and um, it had lots of smut. An amazing mm-hmm. amount of smut. Yeah. And, and, and at a point in which you were kind of like, you got all this moneyness over, and then it finished up its character arc, which was like not that exciting, but like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed to not take itself too seriously, which I really yeah. appreciated. I mean, that's that's like a really good romance, like when it doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, it's a book which has like a joke that could easily be a joke about you know his brush's cargo. Like it's mm-hmm. easy, it's a junk joke, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> And if you look at the cover, which we were discussing right before, which we will hopefully put up there, you will Mm -hmm. see that he's wearing like this weird half vest thing and he has these rock hard abs and he has these, this like random little curly Mm -hmm. and this weird smile on his face. It's a very funny cover. It's not, I mean, to put a shirtless man on the cover lets you know exactly what type of novel Mm -hmm. that you're reading. And I appreciate that. Visual Q. Visual Q. He also has like a million abs. He has so many and abs. And he has like this really smirky smirk on his face. Yeah, he, he it is kind of like I want to punch him in the face <laughs> a little bit. Um, it also had some intergalactic diversity. Um, his best friend has tentacles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was also evil, though. He was also evil. So <laughs> bad intergalactic diversity. <laughs> um, Not perfect, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it was also, like, the most sexually progressive book that we've read yet. Yeah. Because I it had a vibrator in it. It did have a vibrator. <laughs> this is one of the first books we read that has an actual... I think this is the first book I've read ever that somebody's, like, unapologetically brought out a vibrator. Well, because... It, and it's not even, like, as, like, a something that formulates in the story. She owns a vibrator already. Mm-hmm. And that becomes, like, it's not as good as him. Because he has, like, we've talked before about magic vagina. He has a magic penis. He does. Like, he's better than any other thing that could possibly be there. He's a magical unicorn. He's a magical unicorn. Did you see in the writing that he's six and a half feet tall? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was like, wait a second. This doesn't make any sense. That guy looks short, the the guy on the cover. 
I guess he's short for a six and a half feet tall being. <laughs> also, don't you think um, the the tentacle guy kind of looks like those slave aliens in Star Wars? Ah, you know the ones. Uh, yeah, the long things. She's indicating some long. <laughs> tail that's things. that's what you get with IRL. <laughs> um, <laughs> he he's such a sweetheart. Did you like him? Who? Granger? Yeah, Granger. I I was okay with Granger. The thing I hated about this novel is everyone is just constantly trying to rape or like seduce oh, yeah, the main a, character. Yeah. Like constantly. And so he spends a lot of time like teaching her how to fight back. And that it was, was cool. I see, Wendy liked that, but I was like, why don't people just stop like assaulting her? They, I guess she's they a stripper. live in the stinky feet of the universe. Oh. I mean, she could move to somewhere else, but also I like that. I mean, going back to the vibrator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's called the Purple Wonder, which I thought was hilarious. That was a funny name. And also, like, she has agency where it was like they were interrupted, and then she was like, "Damn it! Like, I still want to have sex." And so she's like, just you know, she took care of herself. Like, yeah. Just go take care of yourself, girl. Like, yeah. just... <laughs> yeah, like, like it doesn't have to... Yeah, I think she does that a couple of times. Like, she's very self-initiating in the story. Yeah. She's very much, like, the sexual center of the story mm-hmm. in a way that not very many female heroines are. She yeah. also saves the day repeatedly in the story. Yeah, line. she is definitely... She's definitely a heroine, and he's the hero in distress mm-hmm. a lot, which I prefer. I mean... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he gets, I mean, he does, like, kick some butt. Like, at one mm-hmm. point, while she's, like, taking a nap, he, like, takes down, like, six guys. Oh, yeah, and we don't get to see that. We don't even that get was, to see it. Oh, like, she just wakes so up, nice. and he's, like, and he's, like, all bloodied up, and he's, like, I killed six guys. And you're, like, what? Yeah. I think, I think one of my favorite parts about this book is the pacing. It's just, like... There's no lagging. There's no like. It's pretty pretty fast paced in general. Yeah, because they go they go from lap dance and they that whole thing. They say it's several weeks, but it doesn't seem like it's several weeks. Like some of the mm-hmm. the, the the time periods didn't make sense. But um, they move into the ship, and um, I'm glad they moved out of the ship area because while they were doing it a whole lot, a lot there a wasn't lot. actually any conflict in that part of the novel. Yeah. Um, and rough. so then they, you develop conflict later where the crew betrays them and then they get to the planet and then they have to go to the BDSM club, uh, <laughs> yeah. for some reason. That was, yeah, that was a little much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the slowest part of the book was definitely when they got together and they were just like banging, uh, banging like bunnies. <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay, like we need to like do something else now because, Romance novels and erotica are two different things. Yeah. And I would call this a romance novel. Yeah. Or at the very most, romance erotica, because that's also a category. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at times in which I, I, sometimes I think it's almost like a law of percentages. Like, a lot of this book was them getting together. Um, But it wasn't the the main point yeah yeah i mean it had a plot around that that actually moved forward and wasn't entirely focused on there mm-hmm. i have to say that this was so much better than grim space yeah which so, is like actually a really popular book yeah so um i know a lot of people had recommended grim space and neither of us liked it very much maybe it's because this book was um published this last year and so it's newer i think grim space is from the 90s 
It's not from the 90s. That would be weird. The Granger was interesting in kind of a different way. And he was also very fallible in some yeah. interesting and, ways. And also competent. Like, he he wasn't, like, a dumbass either. I was wrong. Green Space 2008. <laughs> so, um. Like the problem that happens usually with the with the tortured hero is that they're so tortured that they also can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like they're so broken that like they just need like they just need to be talked down to immediately, <laughs> yeah. like the whole time. I felt a lot like this book was like they took grim space, they took out all of the boring parts, of which there were many. Yeah. And then put in a whole bunch of sex. And then I was like, that's done. Like, let's simplify the whole fucking plot. Like, yeah, it was too complicated. And it was very satisfying at the end when, like, okay, so at the end of the book, um, she goes and she finds out that he's a prince, mm-hmm. which is something that only happens in romance novels. Yes. And then she finds out that she doesn't, she wants to leave the planet because she's kind of ashamed that she's a stripper. And they, like, are like, are you the stripper that he was with? And apparently uh, the queen also used to be a stripper, which also means, and I was talking to Wendy about that, that when he saw her strip, he's probably like, oh, I'm totally onto her. Maybe I'm going to be just like my dad. And this is like my (laughs) mom. Like, doesn't that change like the whole stripper interaction where he's like, oh, you're just like my mom. Like you have the same job my mom used to have. I'm so into this. Why am I so into this right now? Oh, because this is like the embodiment of his mother. It got weird then. All right. It got weird. I was weirded out. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, she was very feisty. That seemed like a, a little bit too far. <laughs> I was like, no, child. like that seemed like a little bit. I have an alarm bells passage that I'm concerned about. Um, okay. It's about 35% in. It's about uh, her wig. She has a black wig. She's a dominatrix and she has normally blonde hair, but she has a black wig. He said, Granger not only thought to rescue her wig, the striking symbol of her alter ego, but he had taken the time to clean it, brush it, and return it to her bag. It was the nicest thing anyone had ever done. In my, I wrote in there, alarm bells. <laughs> and then he said, pretty. Well, he did and it. And then he put it on and he did a couple of sachets. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna wear your skin. Like, that is what is happening. Like, get out of it, woman. Oh my God. Uh, oh, so, okay, so I usually tell people that I read romance novels and I just read a whole bunch of really trashy romance novels. And I get a variety of responses. And some of them are like, oh, that's incredibly not interesting. Mm-hmm. And then they turn away. Or like, oh, like Twilight, <laughs> like Fifty Shades, nudge, nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge, hint, hint, hint. <laughs> like, like the... With with the with the fifty shades, am I am I right? Am I right? I'm like, no, because it's a terrible book. But also, I read things that are worse than that as far as kinkiness. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, or better than that, like you know, that's not the point of wh- why I read. But mm-hmm. um, and then some some people are like, oh, like when they see how excited I am about everything. Then they're like, oh, like, maybe I should read a romance, you know, or... Oh, yeah, that's kind of nice. They give me, like, can you give me, like, a romance to read, you know? But a lot of times they get, hey, can you give me... Can you give me a smutty book to read? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like a smutty, smutty book. So, so read this book. Yeah, so read this book. <laughs> totally smutty. <laughs> I, 
think I found a good one to pass <laughs> For those on. people, you know. Yeah. The type of book you could not read in public. So what do you think overall of the world building in this book? I really liked it. You know how, like, in science fiction and fantasy, there's a part where you have to introduce the world, mm-hmm. and it's they either just exposition the fuck out of everything, and they just, like, it's like you just sat down and, like, you know, science fiction 101, and they're like, this is the world, you know, like. Yeah, you have, like, a character that's, like, <laughs> what is the Matrix? Like, you have, like, a Neo character (laughs) that's, like, legitimately does not know, and, like, you have to explain everything. Or you have something like, um, what's that movie, uh, the, the one with the, with, Anyway, like there's there's Inception. some Inception. Thank you, Inception, Inception, where everyone is just sitting around in a circle asking people about Inception for a yeah. large amount of that movie. Oh my god, I hate Inception. <laughs> That's most of the reason why I hated Inception. The other part was that they set up all these rules and they broke the fucking rules. Uh, you can't set up an imaginary world with rules and then just break the rules. Anyway, s- sorry, Wendy's mom, for this one. <laughs> <laughs> And sorry to all your Inception listeners who are just like <laughs> wearing so your... There's so many people who love so Inception. Many, so many people. Oh my God, when was that? Like 2008 or something? In any case, that didn't happen in this book. Like, mm-hmm. it was just... It, it was the kind of exposition that I love, which is like them just like going forward. You're right. 2010, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just like going forward with stuff. And and it was really interesting stuff that you kind of you kind of went like, oh, I want to know more about that. Oh, I want to know more about that. But, like, it doesn't stop on it. And they don't explain the mechanics or whatever. Yeah. Another thing I liked about this romance novel is they, there's almost no character change in the main heroine. She stayed the same bitchy, like, mm-hmm. stripper the whole story. And she didn't change in any way. And that yeah. was kind of refreshing. Because I feel like there's so many stories of, like, Women learning so much about themselves mm-hmm. through a life experience. Like, they're really bitchy and kick-ass at the beginning, and then they, like, learn something, and they're softer. Yeah. Lame. Or, like, they're very hesitant or uncertain of themselves. Oh, my God, I hate those and then so they, much. And then they find themselves through, like, the love of a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Magic penis. No, thank you. Magic penis. Um. Yeah, so we both really liked this book, which I was, and when we picked it up, I was like, this is going to be the worst novel we ever read, and I think it's the best that we've read. Of yeah, all of them, which really just says something about our choices as humans mm-hmm. that that this is the best one that we've read. So I think we've covered. Is there anything else that you want to talk about in terms of his precious cargo? His precious cargo. <laughs> We're just gonna say that a couple of times. His precious cargo. <laughs> I was trying to find the um, part where they have double entendres where they talk about each other's thrusters. That was so fucking funny. Can't find it. I think we'll move on to <laughs> what else are you reading? So what else are you reading, Wendy? I'm I'm currently reading um well I read American Gods and it was alright. <laughs> I feel like there's not Are a you lot watching of the TV show right now? I already watched the TV show. Okay. It kinda spoiled it for me. Actually. Yeah. Don't yeah. watch the TV show first. Yeah, yeah. I mean the TV show makes certain things very clear. Um, but I wasn't too impressed by the book. And also I'm reading another Loretta Chase book, which is something like um, Seduce in a Night or Debut or you know, it, it's like they're all the same. They all they're all the same titles, but mm-hmm. but I really love Loretta Chase. 
Um, Lord of Scoundrels is like possibly one of my favorite do crunchy outside, gooey inside books, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> speaking of tortured mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Me and Curly actually spent, well, Wendy, but Curly as well, <laughs> um, spent a bunch of time at Second Flight Books in Lafayette, Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, looking through their very large romance novel collection. Yeah. And I think we saw Lord of Scoundrels while we were there. And, so good. And Wendy remembered how much she loved it. <laughs> so I'm trying to recreate that by reading her other stuff and it's not working as well, but maybe I should just read it again. That's pretty much what I'm reading. Nice. I'm reading two serious books because I haven't had any time to read romance novels besides His Precious Cargo. Um, one of them I'm reading right now is, I, is Raising White Kids by Jennifer Harvey. Um, I'm reading it um, as part of my Democrat book club that is, uh, is uh, partnering with Showing Up for Racial Justice in town. I do not have any white kids, but I was a white child once. <laughs> So, Me too. Yeah. Um, so I'm really liking it. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Very accessible book. I also just finished The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, which I highly recommend. It really changes the way you look at incarceration in America. Um, and I was riled up at the end of it. Like, <laughs> I was really fully committed to change in incarceration. So I'm really glad that I read it. Plan to read more trashy books in the future. Speaking of books that we're going to read in the future, while we're at Second Flight, I picked we picked up a new romance novel. So our March book, which remember we have our, our podcast come out on the third Sunday of every month. So our March book is going to be The Surrender of Miss Fairborn by Madeline Hunter. And Wendy chose this. Wendy, do you want to tell us a little bit about why you chose that book? I love Madeline Hunter. I love this book. This is my favorite of Madeline Hunter's books. It's about like... Possibly the my favorite genre of genres is is women in romance Regency romance times just like figuring shit out like they just need to like they're just like buckling down and taking care of shit yeah and the, you know like everything's against them mm-hmm. like you know obviously you can't own shit as a woman you can't work anywhere you can't dress any differently but they're just like doing it making it (laughs) it. i'm gonna read a little bit about this book so it's (laughs) the fairborn quartet number one i have not read it wendy has um and but please feel free to read along with us a woman running a prestigious london auction house preposterous 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 but what that is exactly what emma fairborns intends to do after her father dies leaving her in the reins of the fabulous enterprise of course she is not adept enough to do this openly and scare away her wealthy collectors adipated actually adipated adipated she's not adipated enough actually so she and her friends conduct a deception hiring a handsome and charming front man <laughs> so um and it goes from there and i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and i'm pretty excited about it it's fun it's also um i i think madeline hunter is one of the writers that is like a cut above well written mm-hmm. um yeah because that really makes a difference and you can't yeah. always tell you can't always tell in romance novels you can't judge books by their covers Mm-mm. as much I mean, they all have the same, like, it's like yeah, the back of a dress. it's always like back of a dress, <laughs> shoulder, satin, blue torso. color, torso, or... White guy just breathing on front, her neck. Yeah. <laughs> front of guy with abs. Yeah. Yeah. The character is also, um, not only is she just taking care of shit, but she's also one of those characters that's like, 
she's like abruptly honest and mm-hmm. and uh no nonsense. I love those characters. Awesome. And he's like he's a cat and he's charming, but he like can take her on. You know? Nice. Thank you for listening to Getting Lit, available monthly on iTunes. If you want to learn more about our love of romance novels, you can visit GwenWendy.com. That's GwenWendy.com. That's Wendy's blog. You can follow Alana on Twitter at Librarian Alana. What's the best type of romance novel, Wendy? The trashy type, Alana. <laughs> <laughs> That's silly. Vienna <laughs> Lana's podcast. Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo! And we were discussing it together in Lafayette, Louisiana. Hashtag IRL. That was incorrect. <laughs> I got my own place wrong. <laughs> <laughs>